Here's Lotus is Kenneth Anderson's podcast, and it's the 15th of March 2021. The time is 22.53, and it is Monday. Now today we're going to be once again visiting the book about healing your emotional self. But we also need to talk about uh, what has happened in society today, uh, especially here in, in Denmark, if you can see this shirt here. In, in, in Denmark, um, because there have been a lot of protests uh, regarding uh, this lockdown and also these forced vaccinations, these forced uh, tests that they are trying to put on the general population. Uh, because there is a woman who have received a year of, uh, uh, sorry, a sentence of two years for uh, expressing her opinion uh, by talking to a demonstration. Uh, and she said uh, something along the lines of, uh, let's burn the city down in a peaceful manner. That was the quote that she was convicted of mainly saying that basically it wasn't sort of like an oxymoron because when you say burn the city down in a peaceful manner it begs to differ it has nothing to do with with violence at all but of course they need to bring the hammer down on anyone who challenges the status quo because of our government, who has, I believe, for for many years now, been against the general population in Denmark, meaning that we could say that um, we had had some politicians in the past selling the country out, selling their assets out, and um, and by doing so have made it worse to live in Denmark worse for the general population, of course. And of course, now our prime minister has sold the country out, made a deal with, you could say, Satan the devil, but uh, mainly Bill Gates, uh, to push forward their agenda uh, about uh, killing the general population through vaccines. So, so this is what is happening, and of course, there's a big pushback against it from the general population, and they cannot have that. Uh, our prime minister is also um, part of the secret societies. Christian then fourth, or Christian then fourth, Christian then fourth uh, is a secret society in Denmark, which she is a member of, because the. Uh, Freemasons do not take in uh, female uh, members, only male members. But there's a lot of other secret societies, and she is basically one of them. And of course, what happens in these secret society is, of course, in the name, secret. You do not get anything told what's going on behind closed doors. But I can say that for a fact that we are, as a general population around the world, being manipulated with, through the media, of course. We are 
made to believe that this virus is very deadly and that we have to obey our government uh, without, regardless of which laws they put in place. And we enter into further and further oppression from our government. You could might say even that perhaps in the near future it's not going to be <coughs> so pleasant to live as a citizen in Denmark or any other Western countries where the, this secret society's agenda is being put forward. So you, be, you, you have to be aware of the fact that you are being manipulated with, and it is through um, the social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, but also through YouTube, through any other platform available to them, to the New World Order, because uh, they know how to manipulate people. They know how to entertain people, especially. So so knowing this, I have known this for seven or eight years, knowing this is very important, because if you know you are being manipulated with, then you can put a stop to it. And I will, of course, highly suggest you uh, do it for yourself. You have to come to the realization. You have to come to the realization that perhaps it is not so rose-colored as they might want the want the, rea- uh, the reality to appear uh, before you. Before you, so it's really it's re- really a matter of getting yourself in check taking responsibility back to yourself and not allowing other people uh, to control you and guide you into a direction that in the next couple of years is not going to be very pleasant. I predict uh, concentration camps in Europe um, because they have already started it in Germany Uh, because the people who do not want to be vaccinated or uh, forced tested, they are going to be put away in camps. It's the plan, of course. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but it's the plan of uh, the people uh, behind the politicians around the world. And of course, they want to kill us through the vaccines, It is not only these two vaccines that we have to take, we have to take a lot of vaccines. And eventually it's going to, down the line, kill us. They do not care about us. That's the, that's the main concern that I have, that we are not aware of it. Or we say to ourselves, it can't be, it can't be true. Our government isn't uh, going to kill us, isn't going to allow... Uh, uh, for an entity to take over uh, our bodies and uh, down the line kill us. But you have to realize that it, for many years they have talked about reducing the population, that we are too many people on the planet Earth. So how come that all of a sudden now they want to save us? It basically does not make any sense. Unless, of course, you believe their propaganda. You believe the numbers of institutions that 
basically is owned by Bill Gates. Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation has put forward a lot of money in these corporations that we trust. Uh, and you can look up for yourself and see how much money is being spent uh, in a small country like Denmark from the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation and how they perhaps are biased towards Bill and Melinda Gates and not so uh, uh, from for the population in Denmark. So coming to the grips or facts about the current situation is very important. I do not sleep, well, I sleep like a baby, but minus the anxiety, of course, knowing that perhaps in the future there will be a knock on my door. There is going to also be a knock on your door and the military or police is going to uh, force annihilate you, force vaccinate you or force test you. It is in the law now that they can do that. They can hold you down and force test you. So we are entering a dark period in the human history. And of course, I'm not going to allow this podcast to uh, enter into a dark spiral that <laughs> leaves you very sad inside, of course. But I'm just saying that it's very important that we realize the reality and the danger that we are under, that we live under, and that we say no to it, of course. Uh, otherwise, it's going to keep on. A government that has had a sort of like bloodthirst for power is not going to back down, ever. Ever in the human history have a government um, backed down if they were bloodthirsty enough for uh, taking away the freedoms of the general population. So you have to realize that we are under attack. A great danger, of course. It is not just ourselves, but also our grandchildren and the, the, the next generation. It's going to live under this hell on earth that they are starting to create. And realizing that we are in great danger, that this is not just uh, pure paradise, but that we have been taken over uh, by uh, evil human beings uh, from these secret societies, uh, and they truly want to hurt us. They truly want to not do so pleasant things to us, not only now, but in the future. And coming to the realization that perhaps it is not so rose-colored. It is not so, what do you call it, reality is very different from what you might think is reality. I have been talking about this for many years now, seven or eight years. Of course, also been uh, exposing this talking about this, but I have reached the wall, of course, because if you have a tinfoil hat on, then you are dismissed automatically. But I can say for a fact that these secret societies have threads throughout society. 
they are basically the judges, the high so supreme judges, uh, the lawyers, the the doctors, the surgeons, the people in high status jobs in Denmark uh, are many of them Freemasons or part of any other of the many secret societies. And these are interconnected. It's basically on a need-to-know basis. It's like a pyramid, of course. The lower tier people on the ground floor believe that they are in a sort of like a paradise organization where they are told that they are grandmasters, that they are basically rulers of the planet. And once you are in it for a vast amount of time, then you get to the next level. At the next level, they tell you a bit more about the truth of your organization. But it is only when you enter the high tier or the absolute top of the pyramid that you realize that basically this is an organization worshipping Satan and his demons. And if you have any Bible knowledge, you know that basically in the high echelon or the high top of the pyramid, it is pure evil. They are basically sacrificing human beings uh, for the deities. Um, they did it in the biblical times, and of course, they are also doing it behind closed doors today. So you have to realize the evil that you are up against. You have to realize that these people will stop at nothing for them to gain even more power over you. And eventually, we are going to all become one of these concentration camps. We see it in China. China is the perfect plan to implement around the world. Get a point system in place. Get a vaccine passport in place. And start rounding up people in camps. Basically, in China, there is a sort of like a, a thought behind uh, the Uyghurs, for example. But also, in the first uh, in the first round, they took on the uh, Falun Gong practitioners. And it was not because they felt threatened about them, threatened about them. It was because they needed their organs. They needed to harvest their organs because a person in China is worth $450,000 once your is harvesting your organs. But now they do not have a lot of organs left in this population group, so now they have moved on to the Uyghurs, the Muslim minority in China, and they have made camps, and they are proof of this, of course. And now they are starting organ harvesting them instead. So you have to realize that you can live under a free society, but if you do not fight for it, if you do not say no to it, well then it just keeps on growing. It keeps on taking on more and more power over you. And eventually 
we are ending up in these kind of like concentration camps where you do not have any rights left. It has been predicted that if you say yes to the vaccines, if you say yes to all what the government wants you to do, well, then they can put um, you. You are basically right off any freedoms left. You cannot own a house. You cannot own anything. The government owns it all, and then they take over your debt and they wipe it out. And then you have no debt left, but you do not have any freedoms left either. So this is the great plan that the government is going to take over every person in the Western world and decide whether or not you live or die. So not so pleasant to think about, is it? Once I start talking in this direction, I'm not going to become a more happy human being. But I cannot paint this rose-colored portrayal of reality when I know, in fact, that it is not so rose-colored. But I'm not going to be upset about it, because I know that there is another side to the story, of course. There is a part of me that knows that there is a God that has promised that no matter what happens, we get a resurrection, especially if we are on the side of good. If we, as humans, start to show love and kindness and compassion towards each other, truly working on bettering yourself as a human being, thinking about human beings that although they are evil, although they are maybe many times lost, and many times they do not have the right to a resurrection from Jehovah God, he simply just eliminates them forever. And this elimination forever is very, should be on everyone's mind. Meaning that I believe that if you are a good person, if you are a decent person, and if you continue to, go, to do good things to humanity, you are going to place yourself in the proximity of Jehovah God, the Almighty One. And you are going to basically get a ticket to when you die, because we all die, 80 or 90 years old or whatever, or through the vaccines, you are guaranteed a resurrection. You are guaranteed that you get a second chance. But I cannot say that evil people have the same chance. I do not know where the limits are. Where is the limit about how human beings can be so evil that they cut their, themselves off from ever uh, being friends with Jehovah God? 
in this life or the next one. So you see there is a lot more on the line than meets the eye. Because I know that we as human beings, we all come from an egg and a sperm cell, which comes from an egg and a sperm cell, which comes from an egg and a sperm cell, and so forth and so on. Meaning that we could be placed in the head of a top of a needle, but that could also be placed in the head of a top of a needle, that's our father and mother, but that could also be placed in the head of a top of a needle, that's our grandfather and grandmother, and so forth and so on. So I know that this is created by Jehovah God, the Almighty One. He is the Creator, and messing with Him basically has not proven to go so good for people who do that in the past, and it's not going to be so pleasant in the future either for people who are so evil and consumed by their own evilness and, of course, consumed by Satan and his demons, that in the future there is going to be an enormous battle between good and evil. And this battle is basically the battle that you and I have to participate in. So in order for us to place ourselves in the place where we know that we have a chance to become friends with Jehovah God, we have to realize that there is a lot of bad things that we can occupy our mind with that is going to place us in the not so present uh, of Jehovah God. And this is the garbage can that I have been talking about many times, where you have violent movies, violent video games, um, movies to portray people's bad behaviors as something that you can allow yourself to be entertained by, also the social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, also the mainstream media that constantly tells you what to fear and constantly tells you the solution to uh, not fearing anymore. These are the things from the garbage can. Garbage is not something that I would allow myself to look at, allow myself to participate in. So I need to wake up, so to speak, and I need to fill my mind with things that can be uplifting. And what can be uplifting? Well, human beings that are trying to portray or hand on their love and kindness and compassion through books, through podcasts, can help me uh, cope and deal with the garbage can. I know it's there, but I, I hold it to a minimum so I do not allow myself to be affected by it. So showing love and compassion to other human beings, meditating on love and compassion, thinking about ways to put a smile on other people's faces is very important today. And love and compassion and kindness, we all have it inside of ourselves. We need to find a way that we can put it forward, show it in our personalities show it as our true personality, show that we truly want uh, other human beings 
to search for happiness in their life. So basically, if every other human being around the world stopped uh, watching the garbage can, uh, the, the disgusting things in the garbage can, they would start purifying their mind. And purifying our mind is very important, uh, especially if we want to stay a little bit closer to Jehovah God. Because Jehovah God loves us, He truly cares about us, but He has made us so that we have a free will. And this free will we can use to do good to ourselves and other human beings, or we can pursue another path that is not so good. And this path is, of course, through the garbage can. So realizing this and having a stop block that stops us so that we do not occupy our mind with people who have bad influences on us, people who is consumed by the garbage can, will allow you to put your mind in another peace of mind. And this peace of mind could be a place where you show love and compassion and kindness to yourself and to others. And what I mean by that is, uh, by meditating on uh, your breathing, you can stop your inner critic. You can start seeing your inner critic for what it is, uh, inner voice that is constantly bringing you down constantly th- th- saying stuff to you that that you mood-wise go down and feel miserable in the process. So knowing this, knowing that we all have this inner voice and we can control it through meditation, through mind control or controlling of our own mind, not allowing other people to control our mind through the television set, through whatever information that we might gather from this garbage can. So let's just move on. Let's just take in what the book has to tell us. And of course, I am saying once again, this is not a so pleasant book to read. It tells us might, sorry, it tells us what might have gone wrong in our childhood. But it also allows us to see a solution to it, to it. And this solution we should take into heart, uh, we should take on, we should also take on the challenge it is to change the way we perceive reality and the way we perceive ourselves and the way we perceive our inner voice that perhaps is the voice of our parents that has been not so pleasant Uh, in our lives. So without further ado, let's just change the scenes and revisit this book, Creating a New Mirror. And we have come to the chapter 8, Looking Deeper into the Mirror. Let's just see if we can 
we have a half an hour yes so we just take let's just see here yeah let's just take this one right here or we don't <laughs> very strange indeed it does not want me to do this very strange uh why do not why do why does this not ah that was annoying why does it do this thing that i do not want it to do i do not really know why yeah and then all of a sudden it <laughs> very strange now sorry about that very irritating let's just find out here sorry about that i take a small break and come back when i have solved this problem yes and we are back again sorry about that let's look deep into the mirror in order to continue to raise your self-esteem and feel better about yourself you need to find out who you are not who you were told you are, not the persona you took on in order to please your parents, but the real you. Many survivors of emotional abuse and neglect in childhood do not know themselves. They know who their parents had said they are, and they know who they pretended to be, but they don't know their true selves. No one can tell you who you are. You are the only one who is capable of determining who your true self is. Your parents' misplaced labels, distorted perceptions and negative projections have created a false image, an image you now need to discharge. In this place you will need to discover and create your true self. I say discover because many of you do not know who you are inside from your parents' mirror. Once this mirror has been smashed, you find that another image uh, does not readily emerge. This means you will need to look deeper in inside to begin to find your true reflection. People who were neglected and abandoned tend to have a fleeting sense of their own identity. It is as if they walked by a mirror and see a reflection of themselves that disappears immediately. Many are in a constant search for clues about who they are, and they often struggle with such a sense of insubstainability that they feel a time they could actually vanish. But no matter how fleeting the image or how insubstainable you feel you are, there is someone there. You may have to continue to dig to find it under the rubbles of your parents' judgment and expectations, or you may have to look deeper into the mirror to find yourself. But sooner or later, with enough focus and patience, you will find a real you. In this chapter, we will concentrate on helping you to create a detailed self-portrait. We will start by having you observe your behavior and list your personality traits. I will encourage you to pay attention to your emotions, in particularly what makes you angry, afraid, embarrassed and sad. Finally, we will focus on helping you discover your essence or true self, something that is separate from your physical and even your emotional being. Self-discovery requires self-awareness or an ongoing attention to oneself. 
In order to truly pay attention to oneself for the purpose of self-discovery, it is important to take on a neutral stance. When you observe yourself in this way, you take in whatever you notice about yourself with impatiently interest and curiosity, but you do not judge what you observe. Some do not know their true selves because they are full of conflict, as was with my client Stephanie. I can't tell who I really am. It keeps, it keeps changing. One time I think I'm on, way, on one way only to discover I act in an entirely different way another time. Although all of us change somewhat depending on who we are with and the circumstances we are in, there needs to be an element of consistency and cognitivity with who we are at a given time. But for people like Stephanie, who tries to hard, so hard to be good that she morphed into a different version of herself with each person she was around. Finding that core of consistency may be difficult to do. The following suggestions will help you take a closer look at yourself and begin to identify who you really are. Exercise. Who are you? Number one. Closely observe yourself for at least a week. Notice your behaviors, your feelings, and the thoughts that run through your head. Make notes about what you notice or any insight you may have about yourself. You may also want to use the following question as a starting off point. Are you uncomfortable being alone? Or are you aware that you need time alone? What do you enjoy doing when you are alone? When do you feel most secure? When do you feel least secure? When do you feel most competent? When do you feel least competent? How do you get your needs met, for example, security, attention or affection? Do you do best in a structured environment or with lots of freedom? Number two. Start a list of your personality traits. Here's the list of one of my clients, honest, sometimes to fault, tells it like it is, loyal, sorry, let's just take that one more time. Here's the list of one of my clients. Honest, sometimes to at fault, tells it like it is, loyal, distrusting, a tendency to worry, overly concerned about what others think of me, a perfectionist, sensitive, get my feelings hurt easily, a tendency to be self-absorbed, sincere, impulsive, obsessive, respectful of others' needs, talented, competent, intelligent, caring. As you continue to observe yourself, you can add to your list. Number three, notice any tendency you may have to hide your true self from others or yourself. Any tendency to pretend you are feeling one thing when you are really feeling another. Also, notice such things as how you act with others versus how you are when you are alone. Number four. Write a description of yourself based on your observations and what you already know about yourself to be true. Be sure to include all aspects of yourself in your description, including your physical, social, intellectual, emotional and spiritual side. 
add to your list whenever you notice something new about yourself. You will find that you are thinking about and looking at yourself more carefully than you ever have before. You may discover qualities about yourself that you never noticed, or you may receive a previously held notions about yourself. Reconnect with your body and your emotions. As Marion Woods' uh, man so wisely put it, what you know in your head will not sustain you in moments of crisis. Confidence comes from body awareness, knowing what you feel in the moment. The most effective way to reclaim all your emotion, pain, anger, fear, guilt, shame, joy and love is to begin to pay attention to your body. Even when you unconsciously repress your feelings, your body remembers them. These memories are called body memories. Your body remembers what it felt like when you were neglected, criticized, rejected or smothered as a child. For each emotion, your body experiences a different set of physical sensations. It remembers which, uh, with uh, stiffness, constrictions and tensions the pain and anger you felt when you were a child. Allow yourself to reconnect with your body, to let it express and release all the pain of childhood. Your body hurts, bleeds, tingles or tightens for a reason. It is trying to tell you something. It is reminding you of the kind of childhood trauma you experienced. Listen to your body and heed its messages. One of the most effective ways of discovering who you are is to pay attention to your emotions. In fact, some define self-awareness as being conscious of your moods and our thoughts about our moods. Once again, I urge you to take on a neutral stance, a non-reactive, non-judgmental stance when observing your emotion. It helps you to take a slight step back from your experience so that you can be aware of what you are feeling rather than be immersed in it. According to Daniel Goldman, in his groundbreaking book, Emotional Intelligence, why it can matter more than IQ, self-awareness, recognizing a feeling as it happens is the keystone of emotional intelligence. The ability to monitor feelings from moment to moment is crucial to psychological insight and understanding. People with greater certainty about their feelings are better pilots of their lives, having a sure sense of how they really feel about personal decisions. Unfortunately for many who are who, sorry who have been neglected and abused in childhood, emotions are frightening things. It was when their parents' emotions got out of hand that they got yelled at, pushed around or hit. It was when they themselves got angry or started to cry that they were ridiculed, punished or abandoned. For this reason, most survivors of abusive or neglected parents tend to deny and repress their true emotions. Even the ones who may appear to be extremely emotional, reproductive or volatile are usually denying their more voluble, sorry, vulnerable feelings underneath. 
In addition, if you were neglected or abused in childhood, you will tend to be overwhelmed and controlled by your emotions. Many people are so overwhelmed that their emotions become their enemies. Dysfunctional behavior, including abusive or victim-like patterns, substance abuse, or and suicidal tendencies, are often attempts to cope with intolerable painful emotions. Many try to regulate their emotions by trying to make themselves not feel whatever it is that they feel. This style is a direct result of the emotional invalidating environment they were raised in, which mandated that people should smile when they are unhappy, buy nice and not rock the boat when they are angry, and confess or beg for forgiveness even when they don't feel they did anything wrong. Because of these behaviors, you may have ended up feeling sideswept by your own emotions or overwhelmed when your emotions built up. This in turn may cause you to project your feelings onto others. What is referred to as psychic numbing, stuck or frozen feelings, is another frequent result of abusive or neglected childhood. Children shut off their feelings or or dissociate in response to a traumatic situation. It is as if their mind goes somewhere else and they are disconnected from their bodies. Learning to re-experience frozen feelings takes time. But once these deadened feelings are liberated, they can help you by providing useful information so you can make rational decisions and take appropriate actions in your life. Reconnecting with feelings can provide you with strength, courage and joy. It is important that you stop labeling emotions as good or bad and instead see them as important messages that can educate you about yourself, your circumstances and your environment. You will begin to see that your emotions can empower you to take better care of yourself and in doing so help you raise your self-esteem. Exercise your feelings lists. Number one, list some of the things that tends to make you angry. Number two, what are some of the things that make you feel sad? Number three, what makes you afraid? Number four, what makes you feel guilty? Number five, what makes you happy or joyous? Number six, what makes you feel fulfilled or satisfied? Identify your emotions. People who were neglected and abused as children tend to have difficulty identifying what emotions they are experiencing at any given time. This is because they may have needed to shut off their feelings in order to survive childhood trauma or neglect, and they may have had to pretend to feel something they didn't really feel. But it is also because many believed it was not safe for anyone to know what they were feeling, and as a result they became adults with a jumble of feelings they now have difficulty identifying. In the course of just one day, we all experience myriad emotions and learn to identify each and every one of them can be a daunting task. 
Therefore, it is best to focus on only a few primary emotions, at least in the beginning. According to most experts, there are eight or so primary or basic emotions. Anger, sorrow, joy, surprise, fear, disgust, guilt slash shame, and interest. Some also consider love a primary emotion. These are considered primary emotions because we are born with the potential or biological readiness for them. All other emotions are considered secondary or social emotions because they are learned and are usually some combination of the basic emotions. For our purpose, we are going to focus on five of the primary emotions, fear, sorrow or sadness, anger, guilt, shame and joy. We often come sorry we often become disconnected from our primary emotions by diluting them and giving them other names. For example, instead of saying they are afraid, many people will say they feel anxious or worried. Instead of saying they feel sad or even knowing they are sad, many people will say they feel tired. And instead of saying they are angry, many people will say they are uninterested or bored. To make it more confusing, many other words are commonly used to describe our primary emotions. The following list is a list of words often used to describe the emotions of sadness. Some words describe a mild form and others more intense form of sadness. For the most part, the list is in order of intensity, unhappiness, hurt, dismay, melancholy, gloom, grief, sorrow, suffering, misery, despair, depression, agony, anxious, hopelessness. Sometimes using one of these words instead of the word sad is beneficial because it clarifies exactly what levels of sadness you are feeling. For example, agony or and sorry, agony and hopelessness certainly describes a more intense state of sadness than does sad. The important thing is that you not you not allow the descriptions of your state to take you away from the fact that you are basically feeling the emotions of sadness. There are also words that are closely related to the emotions of sadness, although they mean more than what we commonly identify as sadness. These include alienation, defeat, dejection, disappointment, disconnect, displeasure, distress, insecurity, isolation, neglect, pity, and rejection. You'll notice that these words add an additional tone, judgment, value, or meaning to the word sadness. Once again, while these words can help you to describe a specific reason for your feelings of sadness, they still describe the primary emotions of sadness. Exercise The Words and Feelings of Sadness Number 1. Study the list of words describes the emotion of sadness. Notice how often you use these descriptive words and remind yourself that no matter what words you use, you are still feeling the primary emotion of sadness. Number 2. Write about the association you have with the feelings of sadness. For example, it is okay for you to feel sadness or do you feel it is socially unacceptable. 
Was it acceptable to feel sadness in your home when you were growing up? Who do you remember feeling sad when you were growing up? How do you know when you are feeling a particular emotion? The best way to discover how you are feeling is to begin to ask yourself which of the eight or nine primary feelings you are experiencing. Anger, sorrow, joy, surprise, fear, disgust, guilt, shame, interest or love. It is safe to say that at any given time we are all experiencing at least one or more of the primary emotions. Just asking yourself the question won't necessarily help if you aren't in touch with your body. Your body is your best barometer to tell you which emotions you are feeling at any given time. Emotions involves body changes, such as fluctuation in heart rate, a skin temperature and a tendency of relaxing muscles. The most important changes are in the facial muscles. Researchers now think that changes in these muscles play an important role in actually causing emotions. We tend to feel sadness all over our bodies in the following ways. Frowning, mouth down, and eyes dropping, a slump posture, speaking in a low, quiet, slow, or monetary voice, heaviness in the chest, tightness in the throat, or difficulty swallowing from holding back tears. Most eyes or tears, whimpering, crying, feeling as if you can't stop crying, or feeling that if you ever start crying you will never stop, feeling tired, run down, or low in energy, feeling listless and listen, sorry, listless, wanting to stay in bed all day, feeling as if nothing is pleasurable anymore, feeling a pain or hollowness in your chest or gut, feeling empty. Conversely, joy is usually manifested in the body in the following way. Smiling, feeling excited, feeling physically energetic, active and alive, feeling like laughing or giggling, having a warm glow about you, feeling open-hearted and loving. You can also determine what particular emotions you are feeling by observing your behavior. The following behavior are all indignant of someone who is feeling sad, talking about sad things, sitting or lying around, being inactive, making slow, shuffling movements, giving up and no longer trying to improve, moping, brooding or acting moody, withdrawing from social contact, taking little or not at all, sorry, talking little or not at all, Someone who is feeling joyous may exhibit any of the following behaviors. Smiling, grinning, laughing, being bouncy or bubbly, being affectionate towards others, jumping up and down, using an enthusiastic or excited voice, talking a lot. Emotions also involve action urges. An important function of emotion is to prompt behavior, Fight in anger, flight in fear. Although the action itself is usually not considered part of the emotions, the urge to act is. No negative emotions. Many people consider emotions such as fear, 
anger, sadness, guilt, and shame as negative. But there are no negative emotions if you view all emotions as signals or messages telling us that something important is occurring. What makes an emotion negative is the way we deal with it and the interpretation we give to it. For example, most people deal with these emotions in one of four negative ways. Number one, they try to avoid feelings the they try to avoid feeling the emotion entirely. Suppression. Number two, they try to deny the feeling by pretending that it is not what uh, it is not that bad, uh, minimizing. Number three, they blame someone else for making them feel as they do. Number four, they deny their feeling by projecting them onto someone else. All four of these methods prevent you from heading the signal that the emotion is sending, from learning from the emotion, and from utilizing that knowledge to your best advantage. Even more important, when you try to avoid feeling an emotion, we deny an important part of ourselves, and we risk losing touch with who we are. Let's just see how long time we have left. Yes. Learning about yourself through emotions, through your emotions. The key to learning about yourself through your emotions is to experience them without inhibiting, so without inhibiting, judging or avoiding them by distracting yourself. This is called being mindful. Instead of fighting our emotions or wailing them off, being mindful of them can help us discover more about who we are. The following step will help you to experience your emotions in a mindful way. Begin by simply observing your emotions. Notice how it makes you feel. Notice what happens in your body as you feel the emotion. Do not judge the emotion as good or bad. Fully experience your emotion. Allow yourself to feel it as a wave coming and going. Try not to suppress the feeling or push the emotion away. On the other hand, don't hold on to the emotion or amplify it. Just let it pass through you like a wave. Why it is, why it is important not to judge our emotions. Whenever we judge our emotions as being bad, the natural consequence is to feel guilt, shame, anxiety and or anger. The addition of these secondary feelings simply makes the distress more intense and intolerable. Often you will find that you can tolerate a distracting situation or painful feeling a lot better if you refrain from feeling guilty or anxious about feeling the painful emotion in the first place. Think of some occasion when you have had a secondary emotional reaction to a primary emotion, such as getting angry or feeling ashamed for getting angry or getting depressed about being depressed, which causes you more pain or trouble, the primary or the secondary emotion. The following list explains how to observe an emotion non-judgmentally. Number one, simply observe the emotion, where you feel it in your body, what sensation it, it ignites without any kind of judgment or evaluation whatsoever. Refrain from labeling it good or bad, pleasant or painful. Number two, 
notice the thought that go through your mind as you feel these emotions and the association you have with it. Acknowledge the helpful or healthy, but do not judge it. Acknowledge the harmful or unhealthy, but do not judge it. Judge it. Number three. Notice the opinions you have about this feeling and about the fact that you are feeling it. Let go of your emotions and simply feel. Number four. When you find yourself judging, don't judge your judging. Just stop and move on. Now we come to being aware of your emotions can help you to change them. But this is for a different podcast. Because we are close to one hour now. So let's just summarize. Can we take our feelings for what they are? Just feelings. Either bad or good. Can we analyze them? Can we look at our emotions in a more positive way? Or can we even come to the conclusion that these are just emotions and either sad or good, that we can observe them but not allow them to affect us in a negative way? Of course, if we are feeling the good positive emotions, we also want to be in them. We want to stay in them for as long as possible, of course. So this is, of course, or should be a part of a therapy session. Uh, and of course, if you have had these bad traumatizing events in your childhood, I would highly suggest you seek professional help from a psychiatrist or a psychologist because uh, that can help you deal with these bad emotions and it's not because it's not so easy to do so on your own of course so i hope that love and kindness and compassion will enter your life you will allow it to enter your life you will focus on the positive uh, things in life your friends your family your loved ones and try as good as you can to eliminate the negativity in your life. And by eliminating it, by being aware of the garbage can, you can actually try to mold your life or mold your mind or mold your way of thinking in a more positive way. Because love and kindness and compassion is not simply something that you can uh, draw in uh, from a Coca-Cola stand because it has to come from within. It needs to be something that you hold dear in your heart. It needs to be something uh, part of your personality. So working with love and compassion or working with people who have these experiences of love and compassion in their life and of course also people who have written books about the topic filling your mind with positive thoughts from positive people will also help you cope and deal with a lot of the negative stuff that happens in our lives. So of course I hope this was helpful for you.
I know that this podcast might be coming too close for comfort, of course, but I needed to say it. I felt that I needed to say these things, uh, and of course, I'm not going to clip or uh, censor myself. Meaning, of course, I have had some breaks in the podcast, but I do not allow myself to cut things out from my videos because I believe that every word counts, that every word that I have been speaking in this podcast is very important, especially for me, of course. But I also hope that some of the words influenced you in your life in a positive way. So I hope that you, of course, also allow love and compassion to enter your life. That you use your life in a positive way, in a way that benefits not only yourself, but also the people around you. So showing love and compassion to yourself and to others is I believe one of the most important things that we can concentrate on as humans. And of course, I also hope that you will join me in this journey so that we can get even closer to Jehovah God, the Almighty One, because He is love and compassion and kindness. And He wants us to enjoy life to the fullest. So, this is Kenneth Anderson signing off. It is the 16th of March 2021. The time is 004, uh, midnight of course, and it is Tuesday. Bye.